What I'd like to do today is to talk about uh, the night of Shavuos and the difference between the um, Misnagdish versus Hasidish approach uh, to the night of Shavuos. If I would ask you, what are we supposed to do on the night of Shavuos? You would say what? You would say learn, right? The night of Shavuos is all about learning. So let's look at the Nesiva Sholem to see what the uh, the revolution, the Hasidic revolution has to say about the night of Shavuos. So I'm going to go into the text that I sent you, and this is the Nesiva Sholem on... Uh, the, it's called Unasane Tokev Kedushas Halailo, which is really a pun on uh, the liturgy for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur called the Unasane Tokev. Unasane Tokev is the, one of the holiest prayers on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, composed by Rav Avram Mimagensa, which the whole legend of his being um, tortured uh, and uh, his dying breath. Uh, that fills us with uh, Kedushas Hayom, with the awe inspiration of the day. So the Nesiva Shalom starts his discourse with Unasana Tokev, Kedushas Halaila, instead of Hayom. Obviously pitting the Rosh Hashanah liturgy of the awesomeness of the day of the Yomim Noraim by the Nesana Tokev, with the Unasana Tokev, the imaginary Unasana Tokev, that is showing you how awesome the night before Shavuos is. And I, I want you to, to notice that, that that's the title of his essay. In So he starts off by saying, just like the Kedushas Hayom is manifest by the Nesana Tokev, for those who believe that this night is the most exalted and um, beyond night from the whole year. Amazing claim, really only started with the Kabbalists, how the Shavuos night in turn, in fact, uh, is the holiest night of the year. Colossian appreciates Chaime Arizal, and this starts with the Arizal. So we're talking about late 1500s. He makes the outstanding claim that the illumination of the life of a person is depending on this night. Now remember, the Medrash said, why do we stay up on Shavuos night? Because Am Yisrael fell asleep. Am Yisrael fell asleep on Shavuos night. So we... To be metakein that, uh, we stay up on, on Shavuos night. And as it says in the Sforim HaKadoshim, that's a code word for the Hasidic texts that come after the Baal Shem HaKadosh. Remember that the Sfirat HaOmer isn't just about the 24,000 students of Rabbi Akiva. It's not just about the um, bringing of the Omer wave offering in the temple, but it's also about the tikkun of the seven weeks between Mitzrayim and Matan Torah. In a cyclical way, every year we go through that tikkun. And if there are 10 Sefirot, then the first three were given to us as a gift by Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, Chochmah, 
Bina and Das. And the seven Midot, each one representing one of the weeks, Chesed, Gevura, Teferes, Netzach, Hod, Yesod, comes to fix every year those aspects of the world and the microcosm, the holographic image of the world within us. So within us, we have 10 spheros. You can't fix the first three, Chabad. There's no fixing in their mentalities. But the seven Midos, which are the cardiac emotional three, Chesed Gvurat and the vegetative four, Netzach Hod Yesod Malchus, need fixing. So every week we say Netzach Shebahod, Hod Shebahod, as we were last week. And the fixing is complete on the night of Shavuos, because that's the 49th day from Pesach, and the 50th day, which uh, is Shavuos. Because until this night, we had fixed everything. Now, in the Musa's forum is, you have to do the fixing. In the Hasidic and Kabbalistic world, time is something that you go through, and it goes through you. And we've talked about this many times. Your going through Yom Kippur is the kapara. It's not about what you do so much as you're going through the auspicious time of cyclical time of the mythic time of Yom Kippur. So coming into Shavuos is also this mythic quality of that night before, the night before. And if Shavuos is, if Yitzhiya Mitzrayim is the... Uh, um, is the engagement party, then uh, Sh- Shavuos is the Kiddushin, the Nisuin, that's the Chuppah. So it's the night before the Chuppah. And Sukkot is the night of uh, the marital night. Ki kol ad keser, from down to above. We go from Malchus, Netzachod Yesod, all the way up. To Tikun. So what is this night? We've come to 49, which brings us to the Sheva Shabosos Tamimos. What is the night of Shavuos? What Mida or what Sefira is fixed on the night? The night of Shavuos is the 50th. We don't have that in the Sphere of Omer. There is no 50th count of the Sphere of Omer because that is Keter. Keter isn't part of the anatomy. It sits above. It's the crown above the original human archetype of a man, Adam Kadmon. Keter is that which is beyond. It's transcendent. It's the Ein Sof that's manifest on top of us. So that night, the night that has no counting, because it's the 50th night, the night before Shavuos, is the fixing of the very sphera that has no count because it's the sphera that encompasses everything, which is Keter. Now since, and the, this is typical for the Nesiva Shalom, that, that the Torah is Nitzchis, the Torah is eternal, meaning it's not a historical document, but it's a spiritual roadmap that affects everybody. Therefore, that tikkun is fixed every year as we go through this auspicious night of Erev Shavuot. As we say in the Shemona Esrei, Zman Matan Torosenu, or in the Kiddush. 
This is the time of the giving of our law. Now, if you re- listen to those words carefully, it doesn't say It's a memorial for what took place historically. By Shavuos, it says Zman, it's the time, now, Matan, of the giving in the transitive sense, not in the past tense, the perfect tense, not a completed action, an ongoing action of Torah Seinu. So as we go cyclically every year through Shavuos, we are re-receiving the Torah once again. Now, obviously, that doesn't mean the historical event of Matan Torah back then, 3,000 years ago. There is something that's ongoing in our spiritual lives that makes this chasidus, that makes this a revolution that needs to occur in every human being on Shavuos. In Cain, Avodas Halaila, therefore, and therefore, he says, the preparation the night before, who hachana lekabalat Torah. For each of us then becomes the hachana, the preparation for the receiving of the Torah. Can you see where he's leading? We normally would say, what do you do on Shavuos night? Oh, you sit. And uh, as one of our rabbis in our community says, you steig. There's a lot of steiging going on. And you go to the kolel down the street on California and everyone is steiging. Intellectually, they're horroring in the text through the night to be Makabal Torah. Well, that's not what he's talking about here. So he says that in the Svarim HaKadoshim, going back to the Arizal, anytime you want a response from the divine, there has to be an arousal from below. So if the Shechina is a woman, and just the metaphor is Shehashirim and lovemaking, there has to be an arousal by the male for the woman, for Knesset Yisrael, for the Shechina. So Yetzias Mitzrayim was different. That was an Isarusa de la Eila. The arousal came from above. We were steeped in the 49 levels of Tumah. We were almost at the 50th level. We spoke about that once, that had we stayed another moment, even though we weren't perfectly ready for the Geula, that's why we have to go through another four Galuyot, because we weren't at the 50th level to come out. But had we stayed... God tells Moshe, Moshe wants to stay, stay, let the, let this be the only Golas, the only Holocaust. And God says, no, I can't do that because otherwise they're a goner. They're completely lost. As it says before in chapter 19 of Exodus, I took you out on eagle's wings. I took you out. It's not that you stimulated me to take you out. I was the one who initiated the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. That's the Isarusa de la Eila. On the other hand, we've had seven weeks to prepare for Torah. Those seven weeks are a tikkun of the Midos. And therefore, that is the Isarusa de la Tata. We are now arousing the divine to give us the Torah on on Har Sinai. And as it says, also in chapter 19, now listen, then you will become my nation. If you will listen to what I say. The first statement was, I took you out and it's all me. Now, 
through the seven weeks of preparation, it requires for you to do the spiritual work. Now we understand what is this preparation that we have to engage in in order to receive the Torah. And we see in Chazal, it's Gemara and Shabbos 88, So now that we learn that the Chazal tell us, and also it's in the Medrash, in the Mechilta and Shmos Rabbah, that it's because of our Emunah that we were taken out of Egypt by daubing the doorposts with the blood of the Mila and Korban Pesach, we demonstrated that we had faith that the Malachamovis wouldn't whack us and we would have faith in God. That demonstration of Emunah is what got us out. But what about Kibbalah What were we Zoha that for? On what merit did we Zoha that? I understand the Exodus, but what about the Revelation? So the Gemara says that on the day of Matan Torah, I'll tell you what, how we merited it. We were asked, would you like to receive the Torah? Just like all the other nations were asked. And we said, and everyone, call Echad Mi Yisrael, each person was asked. And when we said as a group, Nasel Venishma, and we preceded the Naser to the Nishma. We preceded the no preconditions, the, no, the unconditional nature of the reception of the revelation. Once we accepted that in that preceding the Naser to the Nishma, wow, the Malachim came down and every Yid was given two crowns, one for Naser and one for Nishma. Now, we don't find such a Gilui in Medrash no such revelation that angels come down and crown us. In fact, we, as I've said many times, angels don't really like us. Angels are the chorus in the divine pleroma that are always cheppering us. What do you need to look at man? He's so frail. He's full of yetzer horrors. Why are you taking him out of Egypt? God, why are you taking them out? They're just as guilty of Avodah Zorah like the Mitzrim. The angels do not have it in for us good. And here, uniquely, they come down because of our willingness to accept something without steiging, but just accept it without preconditions. And not only that, Yotsusa Baskol. Now, the Baskol is a very interesting echo that we hear sometimes from from the upper chamber. Bus call is an echo, but it's a feminine echo. It's a but call, not a ben call. Remember that. And the but call says, obviously to God, so there's a retinue of chorus of angels on one side of the court, and then there is his but call. I'd like to think it's his conscience sometimes, if you could say such a thing, Kavyochel. The but call says, Mi gila livnei who revealed to my children this mystery, the secret of Torah, the Naseh preceding the Nishma? Who, re- who revealed it? Mikola Amor, so from everything we have just said, from Chazal, Ah, so this is what the Hachana, the preparation 
of Am Yisrael for the reception of the Torah was. The preparation was their response, their spiritual response of Nase before Nishma. Shehikdimu Nase le Nishma. So unlike Mitzrayim, which was an union of Emunah, Kabbalah's HaTorah, what triggered the divine gift of the Torah, was the response to the inquiry, will you accept the Torah? Very interesting concept. It's not that God came down on how Sinai said, here's the Torah. First he went to the nations of the world. Would you like to accept the Torah? Then he came to Am Yisrael, and we just accepted it. That kind of response is what triggered it. And now we're going to go a bit deeper. What is the emotional, psychological, spiritual state of a person who would go right away and say, I accept, I accept, whatever you want, I accept. And that now we come to the Kabbalistic notion, which is connected with Keter, the crown. So this notion of Bitul is a technical term in Kabbalah. The Bitul occurs, everyone knows it from Chabad, and that's very different. In Chabad, Bitul means I'm, I nullify myself, I self-abnegation, as the Chabadskas like to call it. I make myself nothing compared to the Rebbe. His butlers, bitul. But in Kabbalah, the notion of his butlers, Gemura Lifnei Hashem, means that I have dissolved the ego boundaries of that bubble that surrounds me. And I'm now dissolved in the ocean of the divine Ein Sof. That's Keter. When I come to the level of Keter, and those are peak experiences we have in life, sometimes when you see a starry sky or a sunset, or you're absolutely madly in love, you, f- you dissolve in the oceanic feeling of emptying out into that other person or into nature. Or if you hear a Bach prelude that j- with Glenn Gould <laughs> or an opus C-sharp minor quartet by Beethoven right in the last movement and you just go, my God, you know, and you just, you've completely lost your sense of self. I'm sure you've experienced this. That is the notion of Bitul. So the fact that I'm accepting God's will without any conditions or preconditions is the notion that I of acceptance. So when Dina says, is it active versus passive? This notion of activity versus passivity is all the hachona, the seven weeks before of the sphera. I think that once we get to this night, the night before the wedding, the night before the lovemaking of Shavuot, I think that that is, I've come to the end of my effort. Now I am what I like to translate Bitul as I am surrendering. It's that notion of surrender. So the hikdimu nase le nishma, the preceding of nase to nishma, is the idea that I'm not using my intellect to steig into what's going on in this Torah. Let's take a look. Or even to understand what the divine will is. Nase, I surrendered. Take me prisoner. I, I, I'm surrendering. Beautiful. So psychological. 
such a 20th century Rebbe. I don't have to precede the Nishma with a, a, fe- a feeling of the tam, the taste of mitzvahs. I don't have to. I'm doing it because I was tzivanu, mitzuver, savtzer, not command, big boy, little boy, commander, soldier, but I was connected with something greater than myself. And because they surrendered themselves to Hashem, very nice, beautiful idea based on classic uh, Zoharic and Arizal of the concept of Keser that is Shavuot. So now he comes into the very Hasidic notion that the highest level of our spiritual lives is Shehudi Mavatel Atzmo Legamre Ka'ain Ve'efes Mipne Yisbar. That a, a Yid is able to surrender completely to the oneness of the divine. Okay. So, Zeh Pirish Mi Gila Livnei Raz Zeh Shemalachei Asharis Mishtam Shimbo. So when the Baskol says, now wait a minute, who, uh, who revealed this mystery? The secret that the Malachi Asharis are used. Because the Malachi Asharis are constantly in a state of surrender. They don't have any ego whatsoever. Who revealed them that secret? Because this level of surrender is the level of angelic behavior. It's not human. The Ainbahem Shemet Shel Yeshus. They have no sense of individual identity and ego. So this one auspicious time in the cyclical calendar of our spiritual life, we come to that high point of surrender. It's only once a year because we're human and we do have egos and we are stuck in this world. So that's when we see that the preparation of Matan Torah is, as it says, and the people were very afraid and they trembled at Har Sinai. And the Gemara in Brochus 22 says, the Torah can only be given, can only be given in this state of awe inspiration, of fear and trembling. <laughs> Kierkegaard is right. You can only come to that level, not through the fear of the divine whacking you, but this notion of surrender. Now, this isn't Musa. So he's going to come down to our level like a good Hasidic Rebbe. That all as long as a Yid is steeped in the darkness of Chumrius, of Gashmius, of this world, of being in a body, in a being in a pandemic. As long as we're stuck in this darkness, you cannot perceive, see, see through to the greatness of the divine. Amazing statement. He understands that. Only a Rebbe who's been through the darkness himself can write stuff like this, right? And the, the prime... Example of a Rebbe like that is Rabbeinu, Reb Nachman, who documented his falls and his elevations and falls and elevations. And Reb Nossin documented it in Chaim Iran. So you can actually fix 
the Torah that he's writing to the date it was written and what's going on in his head at the time. It's unbelievable. Only a Rebbe who goes through the spiritual trials can help us out of them. Preaching to someone doesn't do it. When I tell a patient, you have to really stop with your carbs, you're 100 pounds overweight, I can preach and preach. But when I tell them that I too am diabetic and have the same yeta horror for carbohydrates as you do, then it makes a difference. If he's in the darkness, he feels nothing. And only through this time in the calendaric cycle where we have the gift of this auspicious time so we can experience this nullification and surrender, then we are disconnected this one night and day from the delivery into the body we're relieved of the burden of the Gashmias. And we are given this gift of seeing Ayin Ba'ayim, or as the Torah says in Devarim, Ponim Ba'ponim, face to face, you saw good. That's why it says in Musaf Rosh Hashanah, when it goes to the Malchias, Shofros, and Zichronos in Musaf Rosh Hashanah, that you revealed yourself Ba'anan in a cloud. Ladaber Imam and to speak with them. Gam kol haolam kulo chal miponecha. And then it says something very interesting. When Amisuel is receiving the Torah and the revelation of his butlers of surrender occurs between the people of Israel and the divine, also nature participated. And the Medrash in Shmos Rabba 29 says, The entire creation from the bird who didn't chirp and the bird who didn't fly and the ox that didn't bray and even the Ofanim and Srofim and the Chayas HaKodesh of the upper worlds, everything was silent. Meaning, because of the Kiddush Hayom, lo nizdazo abrius. Not only was it between us and the divine, everything else in creation stood still because of the spillover of that surrender. That Am Yisrael caused a surrender for everything else in nature. Now, that doesn't make sense rationally. And it certainly doesn't make sense historically. But when we're, not, when we're talking in the spiritual realm that the world was created and God had to withdraw from the world, but that withdrawal was only apparent because of our eyes that are physically bound with a certain frequency. We don't see everything in the world. So really he is olam, helem. He's behelem. He's hidden in this world. And so at Har Sinai, when we are totally nullified to him, in which we then see ponim ba'ponim, then the whole world participates in our spiritual acuity. And the prerequisite to each of us individually experiencing this his butlers, this surrender to this new vision, is. And Am Yisrael, it says in 19 Exodus, 
camped neged ha'har. And rabbis say, as one person, as one ecclesia, as one spiritual entity melded together. So the prerequisite for the surrender of the individual was that that individual become part of the Kalal Yisrael. The prerequisite of the elevation to that exalted level of spiritual perception was Why? To arrive at this exalted level, only Klal Yisrael can do it. And I'm saying that he is a very 20th century rabbi because the notion of the self is a very late notion that comes with the Natsiv and Ripsodic in the 19th century and only hits the Hasidic masters in the 20th century, this notion of the self. And he makes this comment. You can't do it on your own. You can't do it as an individual Buddhist that can sit in an ashram and expect this divine illumination. It requires the participation of this mystical body called Klal Yisrael. So he, he ends up, Kamo, Shekol Inyone Kabbalah Torah are forever and applied forever. So just like the reception of the Torah, required this surrender of his butler, so too, so too the preparation required it. According to his ability. And that's what the night before is. The avoider of Am Yisrael Lamata, Belailo HaKodosh is to fix that notion of Keter. It's the 50th level. And there's always this sense of self, the I that's making love, the I that's experiencing the music. It's the I that's here listening to you. There has to come to, for the Shavuos day, a preparation by the fixing of that false ego, that external ego that puts the barrier between me and Klal Yisrael and between me and the divine. So that turns out to be how awesome is the Kedusha of the night before Shavuos precisely because it is a prerequisite to the surrender that must occur to experience the divine on Kabbalah Satora on Shavuos day. And so I come back to the question, what do we do on Shavuos night besides steiging in learning? Steiging in learning is an intellectual process that maintains and requires the ego for the Svarim HaKadoshim, the night before Leil, Shavuot, and the reception of the divine cyclical annual Ponim Baponim, where we experience the divine, is a night of preparation through meditation to get to that place of self-abnegation and surrender. And that's, I would think, is why we say in Dayenu, I think is we have a new spin on that. If he had brought us to Har Sinai, not given us the Torah, well then what's the point of bringing us to Har Sinai? Ah, now we have an answer, I, in my opinion. Bringing us to Har Sinai is bringing us into that preparatory phase of his butlers, of surrender, of fixing Keser. So even had we not been given the text of Torah and all the steiging that goes on there, 
we would have seen God face to face and received divine inspiration. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Take care.